Welcome to Feathers in My Hair, a Teen Mom Deep Dive podcast. I'm your host, Liz Bentley. Hey, I feel like it's been five ever since I've done Feathers in My Hair. How are you? Before we get started, I just want to plug my Patreon. You should go to patreon.com slash Liz Explains. Become a patron. Do you like Sister Wives? Because I'm talking about Sister Wives. I have a bunch of Sister Wives episodes up. I'm talking about the new season. Uh, Cody is a fucking monster. I think that my Sister Wives recaps are unique. I, I truly do. I think they're unique because I think that I'm one of the few people talking about Sister Wives that doesn't think Robin is like an evil villain mastermind. I think she sucks, but I think they all suck. I think Cody is like a true monster. And I think that all of his wives are just responding to that and doing what they do, like doing what people in toxic, abusive situations do. Not saying I don't like Robin. I'm not a fan of Robin. I think she does a bunch of bullshit. But I have noticed in Sister Wives spaces, it's usually just like Robin is the literal devil herself. And so I do think I'm offering a unique take on that. Um, I also recently did a Girls Next Door episode. I will be doing a Kid Nation episode. Do you guys remember Kid Nation? A CBS reality show. I think it must have been from 2007. I'm basing that on the apartment that I lived in when I watched Kid Nation. Do you guys do that? Where you like base time around what apartment you were living or what place you were living when you watch something on TV? I do remember Thea coming to visit me in Baltimore and for some reason, we watched a lot of Kid Nation on demand, and we fucking love that show. I had Jared, the kid that wears a cowboy hat, as my profile picture on Facebook, like, for a long time. And this was before people did, like, goofy Facebook pictures. <laughs> and I remember, people, like, my friends would text me, my college friends, and be like, Liz, why is that your Facebook picture? <laughs> And I'd be like, because it's fucking funny. You know, they never really got me, that group of friends. <laughs> I also then had Butch as my Facebook profile picture for quite a while. <laughs> that one got me a lot of attention, too. Um, that must have been later because Teen Mom wasn't even on the air yet. Teen Mom was not even in my life yet when I was watching Kid Nation. But basically, they were like, what if we do like a survivor type show, but with little children? And like, I say little children with purpose, because some of these kids are eight fucking years old. They're in the third grade, which is just crazy. Like, that's a crazy young age. Although I guess eight year olds, you go to sleepaway camp, but like, it is too young to be on a competition-style reality show. <laughs> so I will be covering that hopefully this week. As I said, Sister Wives stuff. I have a Kathy Griffin episode coming up. Um, I've been, like, kicking around some ideas in my head. Like, I need to do an Anna Nicole. Uh, I was going to call her Anna Nicole Simpson. That's Anna Nicole Smith is her name, not Anna Nicole Simpson. Then I just was like, what is her last name? I'm going to do an Anna Nicole episode soon. I've got some things in the work, you know, some things. So patreon.com slash Liz explains. We'd love for you to come join me. I have like 160 episodes that you'll unlock access to. Um, I'm about to talk about 
somebody quickly I'm about to talk about some news and I will be talking about somebody I did a Patreon episode on. So in the news this week, the teen mom news, if you will, not that much has been going on. Um, you know, Kale's being Kale. No update yet on the lawsuit. I'm hope I think in the next month ish we'll get a ruling on the judge, like the summary judgment that Brie asked for if like the lawsuit will be dismissed, which as you all know, I think it will be, but not that much has been going on. Um, Farah has had quite a lot of news lately. <laughs> now you guys know, I don't closely follow Farah. I talked about this extensively in the last episode I did because that was a Farah centric episode. I don't find her that entertaining to follow because I can't figure out what's, um, how to say it. I can't figure out like what's a mental health issue, what's maybe like a physical cognitive issue, what's her trolling. It's really hard to figure out. And so I like, I will go to post stuff. Truly, I will see something on her page. I'll laugh to myself. I'll screenshot it and then I'll get on my feathers underscore pod Instagram account and I'll click my little fingers, you know, tap, tap, tap out of posts. And then I'm like, actually, is it bullying for me to post this? (laughs) Now, I was just talking about with a listener, Matilda, who is my friend. She lives in Australia. Uh, You should follow her on social media. (laughs) I don't know any of her accounts off the top of my head. Sorry, Tilly. But we were just talking about how, like, I don't know if, like, the word bully is used appropriately in a lot of situations, especially when it comes to things like social media. Like, do I, Elizabeth Ruth Bentley, have the power to bully Farrah Abraham? I'm not sure. Um, uh, The reality is, is that she has a platform that's, like, a million times larger than mine. I'm truly a fucking nobody. She is not a nobody. I guess she's a somebody. I'm just not sure if like the power dynamics are there for me to bully Farah. But I do believe in the concept of punching up and down. Right. Um, That's why like I don't like the way that a lot of people talk about Teen Mom because I feel like a lot of these people have issues and they can punch down a lot in their comedy. Um, I like see this all the time on like Twitter and Reddit. I just I don't like a punching down aspect and I try really, really hard not to punch down. I think it's like really important. I actually took I think I talked about this. I took last semester um, like a humor and social work elective with my favorite professor. It's a very interesting class. I really liked it. I liked all of the reading on the topic of human human humor and social work. It's quite an interesting topic, um, like an academic study of the way that social workers use humor uh, to deal with a bunch of stuff to obviously to relate to burnout. They talk a lot in the the writing about the research, whatever you want to call it, about like gallows humor and like dark humor and the way that social workers use humor to relate to one another and also the way that like social workers can use humor to relate to a client and like um, they talk a lot about like power dynamics and relationships with clients and the way that like humor can really uh, help like humanize a social worker to a client, especially in a situation where the social worker holds a lot of power and is like an authority um, that can really help like a social worker make themselves like in comfort, like 
help a client feel more comfortable around them. But obviously it has to be done like really carefully. You have to be super, super careful with doing it. And in my, like this was a class with like a lot of reflections because it was an elective. And in a lot of my reflections, I wrote about like punching up versus punching down humor and how I really do try and use that to like guide the way that I speak about things and that I think that I personally have a good ability at laughing and making jokes about dark subjects and the way that I do that and the way that I do that without being offensive, although obviously I'm offensive sometimes because I'm a fucking human and nobody is perfect and like I'm sure if I go back and listen to early episodes of Feathers in My Hair that are only five years old, but oh, it's my five-year anniversary of this show. (laughs) I don't know the exact date, but it's like the first week in January of 2017 is when I started this show. So mazel tov to me for doing this fucking show for five years. (laughs) But really, thank you all for changing my life. Um, I'm only able to be in school. Well, not only able, but I'm able to be in school and to pay for it out of pocket without taking out student loans because of podcasting. And the reason that I have a Patreon is because of feathers in my hair. So yeah, life-changing, beautiful, perfect. I, as much as sometimes I'm like, I don't want to do feathers in my hair anymore because I'm fucking sick of talking about teen mom. Like, this is still my baby. I care for it so much. And I love connecting with listeners of feathers in my hair, which is why I still do this. But I just personally think that like not punching down, which if you don't know what that means, it's like this concept in humor where you don't make fun of things that you have power like that you like have a higher social I don't know exactly how to explain it because I feel like I'm not I can hear what I'm trying to say and I'm not explaining myself well but basically it's like you don't make fun of people for their like you don't make fun of somebody's mental illness right because like they have a mental illness like it like you don't make fun of them just for that um you don't make fun of people like you don't use like bigotry to make fun of people. You don't make fun of people that like you maybe have like privilege over. And that's not like you can never make fun of a person with mental illness. I'm not saying that, but you don't make fun of them specifically for their mental illness. So what was I saying? Oh, so I'll like take screenshots of shit that Farrah posts and I'm laugh, laugh, laughing because it's like ludicrous what she's posting, right? And then I'll go to posts and I'll be like, "Mm, is this funny? Or like, is something going on with Farah that if I post this, I'm just making fun of that? And I'm like not really making fun of Farah. And that's the hard line that I feel with Farah. You guys know that there are a couple of people that I like don't love to follow anymore for whatever reasons. Janelle, because like she's just not on the show anymore. I find her and David to be so gross. I don't care to give a platform to their disgusting hatred and racism and their child abusing and they're just not on the show so I just like don't feel like I need to closely follow them and for Farah, I mean she also like does disgusting stuff she is racist she's not a good person like her actions are very bad in a lot of ways but like the things that I find funny that she posts I always kind of find myself being like what am I laughing at here? You know? And also I do think there's a difference between like me finding something funny and me posting it on Instagram, inviting other people to laugh at it. So there's like a ton of stuff that I will take a screenshot of like with the intent to post on the Instagram. And guys, I have like 350 followers on Instagram. (laughs) 
Actually, I have no idea how. I'm pretty sure I have under a thousand followers on Feathers in My Hair Instagram. So, like, I'm not saying like I have this big platform, but I mean, I do get 10, 20, 30, 40 comments on these posts, and I feel like it's shitty to like post something inviting people to laugh at something that isn't oh like that somebody that's not well or like an action that's specifically because of like some sort of issue that I'm not quite sure what the issue is but there clearly is an issue um so yeah there's lots of stuff that I don't post on there uh, because I'm like, I just don't feel like it's right for me to like invite other people into my space on my platform to laugh about this. That's why like, if you've ever left a comment on my Instagram that's gotten deleted, it's because I felt like it crossed some sort of line. The line is invisible. I understand that people might not realize they're crossing a line and other people might not consider a line crossed, but I try and be pretty purposeful and not letting like super hateful comments stand on my page like not I mean obviously about me when people come on and they're just like fucking rude like I delete them I wouldn't I delete them but like even about the cast sometimes people leave stuff that I just feel like is it's just too hateful and it's not what I want in my personal platform so I delete it um it's not often. It's really, it's not that often, but it happens every once in a while. And that's how I feel about like sharing fair stuff. So I share it occasionally. There's a ton of stuff that like, I remember once wanting to post and I, I've talked about this on the show, but I like genuinely find Kale's ability to take pictures like she should teach a fucking master class on it like this bitch knows her angles she knows her poses she's good at photoshop or facetune or whatever she knows filters like when kale wants to take a good picture like she takes a good picture and i remember once i like i don't know i was like bored or something i screenshotted all of these examples of like kale taking these amazing pictures and i like wrote up this post like kale should teach a class on filters or like angles or whatever and I was like you know what if I post this it's gonna be a bunch of comments of people calling kale fat and like that's not what I'm trying to talk about so I deleted it now I wouldn't be surprised if since then I've deleted or I've posted something similarly and I was just able to like come up with what I wanted to say in a way that I think would filter the conversation better but there are definitely a lot of times where like I will send something in a group chat or like princess or Kara or somebody where I'm like haha isn't this funny or like let's talk about this thing that I've like considered posting on the Instagram and then realized like "Mm, I just don't think I want this on my space so as to Farah, like there's lots of stuff going on with Farrah right now. Um, she's making a lot of headlines because on OnlyFans, she's selling her shit in a jar. I don't know. She posted the other day that she has like a gross income of almost a million dollars on OnlyFans, which I hope is true because she shits on camera. And like, if you're shitting on camera, I hope you're making a million dollars, you know? Like, if you're doing scat play, like, I I hope you're making a million dollars. You deserve a million dollars for that. Um, I, I really feel that way. But, like, in general, Farah's a tough cookie for me. She's just a tough cookie. Um, so she announced this week that her and Gabby Hanna. Now, Gabby Hanna, if you don't know, 
is a YouTuber. She started as a Viner, then she got super big on YouTube under the name The Gabby Show. She was probably one of like the most popular storytime YouTubers, as they were called at the time. She did a tour. She made a lot of fucking money. She was really popular. She was like one of like the YouTube darlings. Um, there are definitely people that were like more popular than Gabby, but she was always fairly brand safe. So she would do things like YouTube would fly her to India to like film content in India. At one point when MTV tried to bring back TRL using YouTubers as VJs, she was one of them. Like she sold books. Like, so she's like that type of YouTuber. Always featured in like YouTube Rewind. Um, she was really popular. She switched to using her real name a few years ago. She started making music. One song she made was actually pretty good. Her first song out loud for a YouTube song is pretty good. Now she thinks she's like a fucking music superstar. She's gone off the deep end in the last couple of years. Um, in like an alarming way, <laughs> I would say, like a real alarming way. She's not well. She's not well at all. Um, she got into a huge fight with a former friend that just she looked really, really bad in. Um, her YouTube career is like totally fallen off. She basically had like a, a live on YouTube breakdown probably it must have been summer 2020 was that summer 2020 or summer 2021 you know time's a real flat circle so I'm not quite sure when it was I I don't know but I've done at least one if not two episodes on her on my Patreon if you're interested in learning about Gabby Hanna I would say you should go to patreon.com slash Liz Explains sign up and you can listen to the Gabby Hanna episode. I think that's a, a good primer on her. Um, she had posted some stuff with Farrah not that long ago and I was like, that's weird. Bullet. There's there's absolutely no brand crossover between Farrah and Gabby at all. Uh, Gabby does or did have an OnlyFans, but I think she posts like, she really likes to post nude pictures on Instagram, but like not nude nude. You know what I mean? Like her hand covering her boobs, like she doesn't do sex work. Um, so I think OnlyFans for her is like risque photos, if you will. R-rated, but not X-rated as far as I know. And I honestly don't even know if she's still posting on there. She could be. She could be not. I've really fallen off keeping up with her because she actually has done a pretty good job of like logging off in the last couple months. But Farah posted that her and Gabby will be doing a mental health podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I truly like it upsets me thinking about it <laughs> like genuinely upsets me um Gabby tries to be pretty woke if you will so associating herself with Farah is a real question mark to me I I don't know if she knows about what a racist awful person Farah is I'm I'm just not sure if she knows that but it's that uh, I, I also couldn't figure out if this was Farrah's podcast and she was just announcing Gabby as her first guest. They posted like a long, not they, Gabby at least as of last night, like hadn't posted anything about this, but Farrah posted like a high, a preview of it. I couldn't watch it. It really was upsetting to me. Gabby is, she's like a energy vampire and that she like is just, she's so negative in a way that like sucks all of the energy out of the room really negative and really upsetting you should 
probably a really good primer of her is, is Smoky Glow's video, like the evolution of Gabby Hanna, I'm guessing it's called. I think it's called. I think she has one. Yeah. You should look. You should watch that. But I just... I can't understand Gabby and Farrah together. It's such a particular crossover of my personal interests that I almost feel a little freaked out. Like, did they do this for me? Did they say, you know what would really fuck with Liz's mind? If the two of us teamed up and made a podcast? Also, like, a podcast for Farrah who doesn't speak very well? Curious about that. I just... I don't know. I don't know, guys. It's. Mm. Will I watch the first episode and talk about it maybe on Patreon? Maybe. Maybe. I can't. I can't promise it because I find these two people to be repulsive in many ways and like not in a fun way to hate. Like, ah, I love to hate watch them. And like, a, I'm upset by watching this. So I probably shouldn't watch it more. <laughs> That's the big news of the week. Let's take a quick break and then we're going to talk about, I wrote down what episode because obviously I don't remember this off the top of my head. Season six, episode 11 of Teen Mom OG. I wanted to pop into, you know, the Matt years. It wasn't the best episode, but we're going to chat. We're, we're going to chat. All right, let's take a quick break. Okay, so where are we? Season 6, episode 11. This is the second season post-hiatus, so we are full in the swing of Matt and Amber. Amber's blonde hair, and let me say, I like it. It's like a soft blonde, not that like harsh bleach bleach blonde that she eventually ends up having. It looks nice, honestly. It looks really nice. At this point, we're like on this... um. I'm sick of what the tabloids are saying about us storyline, which is really funny. <laughs> I don't know. I always feel like out of all of the Teen Mom OGs, like honestly, almost even more than Farah, Amber's like all about how famous she is. I feel like that's a big part of who she is, like talking about how famous she is. I mean, she doesn't say it exactly like that. But Matt, I think like really fed into this for her. Um, so that's where we are with Matt and Amber. They are sitting in that bed a lot that has the big headboard. You know the one I'm talking about? The big, big headboard. I remember once there was an episode um, that showed he had like eight half-drank Gatorade bottles on the the side table. And a lot of people were like posting pictures of it. And they're like, what the fuck? And I'm like, oh, whoops. Because I'm here to say that I'm a person... <laughs> That has a messy ass bedside table, like a messy bedside table. I actually only have three drinks right now on my messy bedside table. I have an energy drink, tea from last night, and I always have um a water bottle because like a a plastic, not a plastic water bottle, like a reusable water bottle. I like to drink out of a straw, my water. Also, I like am weirdly nervous about having water sit in a cup like in case it'll fall over. I don't feel this way about any other beverage. I don't know. Um, but I'm somebody that like will always have a million types of drinks just half drank sitting on my bedside table. It's not a great habit. It's really not. But Matt and Amber are in that bed a lot. There, I guess that house is the one that Andrew's living in. I think they're in that house at this point. Like I think they're in that nice house that she buys or that might be next season. 
I can't quite remember, but that's where they are. At this point in time, Matt is claiming he has five children. How many children does Matt have in real life? The world may never know. You know, the world may never fucking know. So there's that. In Macy's world, she has just had little baby Maverick. Jade is one. Bentley's going into second grade. And her and Taylor are engaged in planning their wedding. At the point of this episode, Mackenzie Edwards is not yet here. What was her maiden name? I don't have any idea. Like, I I couldn't even guess at this point in time. I want to say Mackenzie Stauffer, but I think that's an influencer. <laughs> I don't remember at all what her maiden name was, but Mackenzie Edwards is not quite in the picture. I believe it's in like the next couple episodes that she pops up and then, you know, she's at Macy's wedding because if you'll remember, we see her flash her underwear at one point. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Macy has long, long, long hair, like long hair. I was kind of shocked at how long it was. It's not a great look, not to be rude, but Macy has very thin hair. So when it's quite long, it's not, it's not the best, you know, it doesn't look its best when it's long. It looks kind of ratty when it's long. So that's where we are with one Macy book out. She's still book out, not McKinney yet. They're home. They're in that house they were in before they moved into this big house Um, it's definitely like noticeably smaller. It's interesting to watch this because I was like, oh yeah, this house is pretty small. Like it's not a small house. Don't get me wrong. But like the house she's in now is so, it's a big house for, I mean, it, it is a big house. I think it's like five or six bedrooms. It's big, but it's not just big. It's like, it's so, it's like so open and like the ceilings are so high and I feel like everything in it is so big. Like it's such a big kitchen and a big kitchen island and it like a huge stove like I just feel like everything in that home is so large that it feels like such a big house I don't know quite how to describe this but Macy's current home in season six like feels very claustrophobic compared to the house they're in now like it's noticeably small like when they're sitting on the couch you're like oh that's a small family room when they're in the kitchen you're like oh that's a small kitchen table just compared to like how oversized that's how her current house feels like very oversized and there's so much space and they'll be like out in that back house wrestling like the the new house is just I mean, it's like triple the size of the old house and you feel it in these scenes, which I find to be pretty interesting. Farrah is in Austin. She has just opened up Froco. She will soon be opening up the furniture store. I don't think Sophia's boutique is open yet. Um, She's doing this weird like country club mom thing that she did for a minute. I kind of forgot about this. Her hair is brown. She's pretty tied to the earth in a lot of ways. Um, I actually like kind of picked this episode because I thought it would be a funny Farrah episode and I thought I'd be able to like poke a lot of fun at Farrah's behaviors but actually she was totally rational because <laughs> she like fires an employee in this episode and so I thought I'd be like ah crazy Farrah she's such a bad boss but like she really wasn't honestly she was like being really reasonable so that's where she is she's with Simon but he's not in this episode remember he's flying back and forth from San Diego um things with her mom are not great and her dad is like helping a lot with the frozen yogurt store so that's where they are 
And, oh, Kate and Tyler are in a pretty interesting place. So Kate has gotten back from her first treatment. Little Nova, Nova Lee Rain, is a year and a half old. Oh, I forgot. I posted this on the Instagram. But Kate and Tyler paid off one of their tax liens. They paid the $530,000 tax lien off. Uh, They still have not paid off the 300000 something lien. But good for them. Honestly, that's good for them. I mean, <laughs> they must make so much fucking money. Um, the tax lien only came down two years ago in December 2019, and they paid $530,000 back. There are two. So there's one for like $530,000 and one for, I think, like $380,000. My guess would be they made payment plans for these. I know the son has periodically like checked in to see if they had been paid off, and they had not. Um, I'm assuming that like it's not public record if you're paying towards the debt like I would imagine that it looks in the system like there's a lien or there's not a lien right and so I'm guessing for two years they've been paying off the $530,000 or whatever it was lien and now they're going to pay off that second one to pay that amount of money off in two years is wild that I mean that's wild that's so much money I think it just goes to show how much money Caitlin and Tyler make um to be able like uh, first of all I think it's pretty commendable right like they did the right thing they paid it off I hope soon we'll see me I would bet I mean if it took them two years to pay off that I would imagine the next year or so we'll see the second one paid off for maybe a year and a half um I think that's great I mean good for them I it's it's so much money like that's so much liquid cash um I don't know if maybe they sold off some of the old house because they own like three houses they own those two other houses in this episode that I watched they're in the first home that they bought that old Victorian I think it was Victorian I actually really like that home it's the one that eventually when um Butch and Amber go to treatment at the same time his sister Amber Tyler goes over to the house and there's like a huge hole in the wall and there's no electricity. So Butch is walking around with that candelabra. <laughs> Remember, I really think that there's an episode of this podcast that's called Butch's Candelabra because I just thought that was so fucking funny. Also, I think candelabra is like one of the best words. Am I even saying that right? I don't really care. I like the way that I say it. It pleases, it pleases my brain, if you will. Um, but So they're in that house shortly after this episode. They buy that second house, which is like this ranch style house, which I think it was maybe even a little smaller or the same size as the first house they were in, but like on a pretty large piece of property. And then they bought the octagon house that they're currently in. And as far as I know, at least the last time I heard anything about this, they actually still owned all three houses. So I wonder if maybe they sold off the old houses and were able to use that cash because I think they bought those first two homes in cash. If they're able to use that cash to pay off the debts, whatever it is, like, uh, like I'm going to give anybody that manages to pay off over $500,000 in debt in two years, they're able to pay that off. Like giving you a fucking pat on the back for that. That's I mean, truly good for them. So I guess those clickbait articles I post add up. (laughs) Look, I want to say that if I was famous for like a teen mom type of reason, right? Because I do think, okay, 
the clickbait articles, if you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm sure you do. If you follow Kate and Tyler, Macy, a bunch of them, like a bunch of them do this. Not all of them, but a bunch of them do this. They allow a company access to their account and their account will post things like, did our baby die? Like truly the most offensive, outrageous shit. They'll post this in their stories, sometimes a grid post, and you have to click the link in their bio to find out the story. It's always clickbait. I always get people sending me messages like, oh my God, is so-and-so pregnant? Like because a clickbait article is posted. This is, I mean, almost every day on Reddit, someone's like, oh my God, did somebody die? Like is somebody pregnant? Because those are like really probably the ones that get the most action I would guess divorce death and pregnancy because they're the ones that like you would actually one could actually happen right like could like it wouldn't be unreasonable to find out that Macy's pregnant it wouldn't be unreasonable to find out Kate's pregnant so you're like oh my god are they pregnant and so you click through and what I always tell people is like if there's actually genuinely major teen mom news like one, the cast members wouldn't be announcing it via a Lincoln bio announcement. They just wouldn't. They never have. They never will. Now, would they maybe do a Lincoln bio inclusion in the announcement? Yes. But it'd be very, very, very clear. Like, we are pregnant. Like, we are due this day. Can't wait. Lincoln bio for more details. It would never be like, are we pregnant? Lincoln bio. And then you actually find out they're pregnant. So these clickbait sites, I mean, this has been something that's been going on forever. Like, shout out to my OG Twitter girlies that would like, that remember Solia, I think it was pronounced. It's like S-U-L-I-A. Solia was the name and the Twitter girls, like the all of the team mom girls on Twitter would post Solia links. And I remember Randy once tweeting that they get like five cents per click. And I would imagine that this rate is probably pretty similar. So they post let's say two to five articles a day. Sometimes they post a lot of these. They're usually in their stories. Every once in a while, one will go on their grid. Usually if it's on their grid, the comments will be turned off. That's a really good indicator. Um, the comments will be turned off and because people leave nasty comments because the clickbait sucks. First of all, it's oftentimes like really offensive. Um, I remember after Kobe Bryant died, like one went up on all the girls' feeds about Kobe Bryant dying. Like I mean, hours after the fact. And I remember, was it Lexi from Teen Mom Young and Pregnant Days? Season one. Was she on season two as well? I don't remember. But Lexi from Teen Mom Young and Pregnant being like, yo, it's really shitty. Like, I understand you don't post those, but like, you can delete them. Like, stop capitalizing off of people's deaths and making money on it. It was a fair criticism. But there are these, they're basically like companies that get access to reality TV celebrities accounts and post these clickbait links and the reality TV celebrity gets money for every single click. So every time somebody clicks that link in the bio to read the story, or I guess now with stories, they not even swipe up, but click the link in the story. They get, I have no idea how much money I would bet five cents is like probably a decent, a decent guess, but they get that money. Um, And Kate and Tyler like post a lot of these, like a lot, a lot, a lot. Um, I think they probably make decent money off of them, honestly, because if you have three million Insta follower followers and you can get 500 to 1000 people every fucking day clicking on these links and you're getting five cents a click like that's really easy passive income that adds up. 
is it enough to live on? Probably not. But if you're making $5,000, $6,000 a fucking month extra from this for no work from you, like that's a a lot of money. It's a lot of money. And it's a, it's totally passive. You don't even do anything. The only thing is, it's like it, it's a real choice about brand, like your brand and a brand evaluation. And like, are you giving up engagement? Are you giving up followers to have this? Because a lot of people unfollow people who post these clickbaits a lot because they're fucking annoying. They're fake. They're lazy. Like they're not, they're not follower friendly, right? Like they're not brand friendly. They don't make your brand look good. And people that get a lot of engagement and like do a lot of brand deals and make a lot of money off of their Instagram, i.e. Chelsea, don't post these. Um, people that don't really use their Instagram for branding purposes, Kate and Tyler, Macy, um, they, they, they have these. And I guess for them, it's like, who? I, especially I think if you don't want to really be doing Instagram influencing, like Macy must not want to do it because she leaves a lot of money on the table. Macy is pretty likable. She has an Instagrammable family. She's always been an OG favorite, right? So like the fact that Macy doesn't do anything with Instagram is really leaving a lot of money on the table. I used to talk about this, this with Chelsea back in the day. Um, I always said Chelsea could be a Lauren Conrad if she wanted to be, and she's finally fucking figured it out. So good for you, Chelsea. But I think Macy just doesn't want to do that. And so she makes her money with this clickbait shit. Macy has it on her children's accounts. <laughs> Little Bentley Edwards had his fucking clickbait account posting shit like about his dad's drug addiction. There was one that was like, did Ryan overdose? It's really gross. It's a really, really gross. But I would bet those little nickels, you know, those little click nickels really helped Kate and Tyler pay back that debt. So congrats to Kate and Tyler for paying off that debt. Um, But what was I talking about that? Oh, oh, so where we are in the show is that like Caitlin has come back from treatment. She's doing better, but not great. And I think is at the end of this season or the beginning of the next, it must be the next season when she has a miscarriage and then is in treatment back to back really quickly. Um, so she's doing okay in these season, in this season. I watched another episode, um, because I was like, oh, maybe I should do two episodes because I I don't know. There's not that much that happened in this. But then I was like, you know what? I'll figure it out. And look at this. I've already talked for 40 minutes and I haven't even gotten into this fucking episode. So I figured it out. <laughs> I was like halfway through the second episode I watched. And I was like, I honestly don't really feel like I don't feel like talking about a second episode. So I'm not going to force it. But in that one, they're talking a lot about Kate and what's going on with Kate. Um, how is Kate doing? And it's like not great. You know, she's like not doing super great. I think that was in the next one. Yes, that was in the next one. So let's talk about Kate and Tyler. Um, So Butch has been home from prison for a year. And this is when Butch was doing really well. This is the first time in Tyler's whole life, basically, that Butch is doing well. And that's sad. <laughs> I mean, that's really sad. Tyler is, I believe, 26 in this episode. And... This is the first time in his life his dad has gone a year without violating probation or getting high. And I, I'm i pretty sure he does well for the next little bit of time. And that's when he then has the relapse and goes to Texas. 
I think. Um, they're not talking about his sister and her addiction at all. I'm not sure how Amber Baltier is currently doing. I think she lives back in Michigan. I don't think she's in Texas anymore. She was doing quite well for a while. Um, I remember like there would be posts on Reddit about like how trashy she still is and she'd got <laughs> she'd gotten arrested for like assault, but she was still sober and I remember a lot of people being like, she should be more changed than this. And I was kind of like, look, getting sober changes a lot of things. And you can make a lot of progress. But some people are who they are. (laughs) (laughs) Some people just are who they are. And when they're sober, they're the best sober and then like doing whatever to also like work on their trauma and their issues they're the best version of that person but that person may not be somebody that you want to be friends with (laughs) like just because somebody gets sober and even like works a fucking program and like really genuinely works it and like makes a lot of positive changes to their life and really does become like a a better person like that better person still may not be your cup of tea and I think anybody that's like been in recovery spaces <laughs> can really understand that and I mean I know that when I got sober I like had this fantasy in my head that I would be just like such a different person and I'm really not like I'm really there are a lot of differences about me now um for sure like I I don't want to be like, I'm the exact same person I was when I'm u- I was using because that's so not true. But like personality wise, like I think I'm still very much similar to what I was like. I none of my friends that I knew beforehand are like, oh, my God, you're a whole new girl. Like you're a whole different person. Like it that that just wasn't the case for me. Like I think I'm the much better version of myself, but I didn't have like this cosmic change like I thought I would like get sober and I would truly have like a whole new personality and when that didn't happen that was I like I remember talking about this like in therapy and my therapist being like pointing out all all the ways I was different I was like no but like I really just want to like I thought I was like gonna get sober and suddenly like love to exercise and she's like well why did you think that I was like I don't know I just thought I would. <laughs> like, I think that's like an Amber Baltier case. You know, you can take the drugs out of the girl, but sometimes the girl is who she is. So in this episode, they decide that they want to celebrate the fact that Butch has been doing really well. Um, I noticed Kate has a cell phone case that is uh, like a puffy pillow, essentially. I At first I was like, oh, is she holding like a kid's tablet? It's neon green. It's puffy foam looking. It's just really, it's a really crazy cell phone case. Um, little Nova Lee is a year and a half old and oh my God, is she cute? At one point she starts saying she wants to go night night. It's like the middle of the day and she decides she wants to take a nap. And so she starts like pulling on the gate to the stairs and she's like up night night. Mm, it's so cute. I forgot how cute Nova was. I mean, she still is cute. They make cute little kids. Tyler posted a picture of Raya recently. She's really cute. But they decide that they want to have like some sort of party to... Oh, this is where they talk about Kate. Sorry. Okay. They want to have some sort of party to celebrate Butch. And Tyler talks about the fact that <laughs> that like when he was younger, he used to say to Butch, like, you're my sperm donor. <laughs> 
and he's laughing about it. He's like, yeah, but shouldn't like that. But it was really funny. <laughs> Forgot. So Kate and Tyler are in a not awesome place here. Um, I think what Tyler is going through is realizing that like Kate is who she is and she still has her issues. And I kind of think that back to what I was saying, Tyler thought Kate would go away to treatment and she would come home and be like this whole new person and everything would be better. And it's just, it's not. And he doesn't know how to deal with that. They're seeing that therapist, Kathleen, remember Kathleen, who really looks like Matt Bear in a wig. Um, see, Seeing her in like the previously on, I was like, oh my God, I forgot how much she looked like Matt. Actually, there was like a little scene that kind of made me tear up in the previously on when Kate is talking to her and she's talking about the fact that like she just hates who she is so much and like the world would just be better and easier if she wasn't there anymore. I was like, <laughs> I it's I mean, it's really sad to hear people talk about their suicidal ideations out loud, you know, it's just just made me feel sad for a little Kate. I just, I root for Kate so much. I don't know why. I don't know why I've, like, really taken up Kate as the person that I, like, really root for, but I do. But there's a scene of Tyler and a producer who I didn't recognize. I don't think she was around for very long talking about Kate. And the producer's like, so is Kate sleeping a lot? And Tyler's like, well, no, she hasn't been. But, like, yesterday she laid on the couch all day. And, you know, it's... (sighs) I really feel for Tyler here because he's in a hard situation and I'm about to judge him, but for the sake of this show, I'm judging him like for the sake of me recording an episode in which I judge people and I talk about my judgment of said people, my criticism, if you will. Um, During my performance review this week at work, we were, (laughs) this is how my performance review at work went. It was a really good performance review. And then like me and my two bosses were just chatting and we were talking about the movie Don't Look Up and I didn't watch it, but my one of my bosses really liked it. And then we were talking about like criticism online about it. And then my other boss was like, well, you know, Liz is a critic, right? And I was like, well, I think I'm a commentator. <laughs> we were talking about how that's like my actual job is like they don't listen to my podcast, um, but they know I have a podcast. And I was like, well, yeah, I mean, technically, like people pay money to hear my commentary like on things. I don't think I'm a critic. I think I don't know. Do you have to like be trained to be a critic? I think I do commentary. What are the differences between the two? I don't know. I don't know. But if somebody asked if I did criticism or commentary, I think I would say commentary. But I'm going. So what I'm going to say about Tyler, I'm prefacing this by saying like I really understand the situation Tyler is in and Tyler is somebody who has mental health issues of his own he has like not started to work through them he has not gotten a bipolar diagnosis at this point in the next episode I watched it was interesting his mom was talking to him and she's like well you just start all this stuff and you get super excited for it and you go 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 and then you totally stop and you never do it again so you just have all these unfinished projects he's like yeah story in my life I'm like oh that's so interesting because it's definitely like a byproduct of having bipolar disorder which at the time he didn't know he had so Tyler's talking to this producer and he is being an asshole about it. He is because he's only thinking about himself and what he's doing and how he relates to Kate's depression. And he's not thinking at all about like Kate and Kate's depression. But like, I want to be clear that 
I understand why he's being an asshole about it because like it's really easy to be a selfish asshole in that situation. Like when you are with a person that has some pretty serious mental health issues, like it's really hard, right? It's really hard. And Tyler like is at a point in his life where he feels really unappreciated and he feels really sick, I would imagine, of being like the person that has to take care of everything. And I would imagine there's a lot of fear there, especially like if Kate had been doing well for quite a while. It's probably scary to see her back on the couch because I would imagine you have these feelings of like, okay, great. She went to treatment. She came home. Things are so much fucking better. She's doing so much better. I'm so happy about this. And then they get home and like things are good, good, good. And then suddenly like you're seeing the old behaviors come up again. And like that is really scary because it's like, oh, well, actually, she's not better. And we're going to have to go through this all over again. Um, And I think that, like, with a therapist, this conversation would look really different. But Tyler's just talking to producer, and he's just being honest about how he feels. But it was hard to watch. It was really hard to watch. I was like, ooh, this is cruel, honestly, the way that he said. Like, if I was thinking of, like, how bad I would feel if I was Kate and I watched this back. Um, But that doesn't mean like his feeling I think his feelings are quite valid I just think that this was like a real this is a conversation that shouldn't have been filmed honestly like this is something that you say off camera to someone but they're on a reality show so basically he's like well I can't do anything to help Kate because the producer is like well is that hard for you watching Kate like kind of start to fall back into the issues and he goes no no, it's not hard for me at all. And she's like, it's not? And he goes, no, no, because I can't do anything about it. And you know what? Anything that I say is wrong and all I do is hurt her. And so I just don't say anything and I don't care what she does. And the producer's like, huh? Are, are you working with this with your, your therapist? And he's like, yeah, but here's the thing. Like everything I say, it makes it worse. It just makes it worse. So I've just learned, Tyler, shut up. Shut up, Tyler. Don't say anything. <laughs> and like I said, like I... I just think that this is a conversation you have with a very close friend or a conversation you have with a therapist. This is not a conversation that you have with a television producer on TV that's going to air when your wife is in a vulnerable place. You know, like I like I think he's having caregiver fatigue, basically, is what's going on. And like, that's so real and normal. And I totally get why he's feeling that way. It's just it's hard to watch. Like, it's really hard to watch somebody express that shit out loud, honestly. So they decide to have this party for Butch. They're just having like a little barbecue. You know, they love like a barbecue at the park. That's like a real Kate and Tyler moment. And as they're setting up, Tyler goes, like Tyler's not in a great place in this episode, I think. I think he's go probably one he's obviously as I just explained like he's going through it with Kate and he's I think though there's a lot of butt shit going on that he's not expressing um I think my guess would be on one hand he's like incredibly proud of butch right like we know that for better or for worse Tyler loves butch he loves his dad he wants his dad to be there And I think Tyler is experiencing this thing that a lot of children of addicts do when their parents get sober, where on one hand, you're like really happy for them. And on the other hand, it's like, well, why now? Why are you doing this now? 
I remember when I, my parents got sober, I definitely went through a phase of like, can't shut the fuck up. Like, I found it so annoying that they like suddenly wanted to be parents and like suddenly we're doing the right thing and like suddenly we're like healing, especially because I was not in a place where I was healing at all. And I just remember being like, well, bully for you. You know, like can, like on one hand, it's like, yeah, it's great. My parents are sober. I'm so happy for them. So grateful. And on the other hand, I'm like, I don't fucking care. Like, good for fucking you. Thanks for waiting until I'm 20 fucking years old to figure this out, assholes. You couldn't have figured this out before. Where the fuck were you before? Um, I think it's a really unique situation to be in when you're an adult and your addict parent starts to clean up their act. Because it's like, you're happy for them, but you're also just like a little late, you know? You're a little late and they decide they're going to have this like barbecue they're setting up and like literally they're at the park setting up and Tyler goes, do you think this is a good idea? And Kate's like, what? Huh? Like, I will say it doesn't seem like Kate's very clued into whatever Tyler's going through in this episode. She... I think was at a really selfish point, probably like out of necessity to live, you know, when you get to a depressed point like that, oftentimes like you'll die if you're not selfish. <laughs> I I know that sounds dramatic, but like it the, like being selfish is like you have to exert all of your energy to keeping yourself alive when you have like a major depressive episode like that. And it everything else it's just like it goes to the wayside and I think that might be where she kind of is at this point and Tyler's like you can tell Tyler's like a little flipped out because suddenly he's like I don't know if we should be doing this I didn't do any research if this is a good idea do addicts want to celebrate anniversaries which like usually yes um anniversaries are a big part of the 12-step program although technically I don't know if you know this but like celebrations in the rooms aren't really about the person celebrating they are they are they absolutely are but they're not really uh technically about the person celebrating technically the point of these celebrations is to show the newcomer that it works um in florida where i got sober in south florida anniversary celebrations were a big deal and the last meeting of every month usually was like the the group's meeting was anniversary night and everybody that was celebrating anniversary would uh, get a coin and somebody would present it to them and then they would speak um, like for a certain amount of time they would share their story and it was a big deal um, celebrate like I loved anniversary night because we would have cake <laughs> also I just liked seeing people celebrate and hearing their story um, we don't do that in Pennsylvania my first year anniversary is really nice like both my parents were there my actually my brother and sister-in-law were there too and my stepmom is actually a really lovely weekend. But um, they, like, both my parents got up to give me my coin. And, like, everybody in the room cried. It was really great. Um, I always loved anniversary night. And, like, having somebody give you your coin. You would pick somebody to give you the coin. It's really just special. I'm sure there are groups that do that up here. Just not the groups that I've been at. Um, but, like, the there are always people that don't like getting coins. But usually your sponsor or whatever will tell you that you're supposed to get one because the idea isn't necessarily like the celebration of you. It's to show the person in the room, the newcomer, that like 
hey, I've been able to stay sober for seven years. Like, that's the purpose of it. Like, a lot of AA, the purpose of AA and NA is to, like, show that it works for people that need a solution or are desperate for a solution. So even people that don't like celebrating usually will pick up a coin. If, if like, they're active in the 12-step program, they'll pick up a coin because it's showing that it works. So... There's that. Um, I don't know where it's going with this. Oh, so like, yeah, they probably should have asked Butch if he wanted to celebrate. I get they wanted to do a surprise, but it was nice. Butch shows up and he's like, they're like, surprise, congrats. He's like, why are you guys saying congrats? I think he thought they were just having a barbecue. <laughs> and he's like, oh, yeah. Um, Amber sends a really a text. She can't be there, but she sends a text that's basically like, for the first time in my life, I feel like I have a dad and Butch cries. It's nice. It's a nice scene. Okay, um, Macy really nothing was going on. It was Macy's birthday, and they do a nice little birthday birthday surprise. There's nothing really to talk about, except that it's also Bentley's second day, or first day of second grade, and of course there's talk of, like, will Ryan be there? And Macy's like, Ryan's never come to our first day in Bentley's life. Like, why would he show up this time? <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. Okay, let's talk about Farah. So Farah has Froco open and she has hired a girl named Kiana. And I think Kiana may have worked for her in the past or something. I don't remember. But there's like, Farah makes it seem like she's being really great for hiring her. So she's at lunch with Sophia and Michael. Farah's wearing a country club golf shirt, like a sleeveless golf shirt. And I'm like, does Farah belong to a country club and play golf? I don't know. I was like, what? It said like Lakeview Country Club. And I was like, what's going on here? I can imagine Fair playing golf. I'm going to get back into tennis this spring. I've decided it's going to be something that I do. The only thing is tennis lessons all happen at what I call stay at home mom class times. Um, So like all tennis clinics for like adult beginner new women are because I would take beginner classes because I haven't played tennis since I was a kid. Um, they're at like 10.30 a.m. on a Tuesday. My dream in life is to be someone that doesn't have to work and I go to like 9.30 yoga. Like that's all I fucking want, to go to workout classes during the week, during work hours. <laughs> it's what I deserve. <laughs> oh, goodness. So Farrah is telling the story basically. Well, first Michael asks if Froko is going how you thought it would. And she says, yeah, it's going exactly how I always thought it would. <laughs> she says, but maybe I am a little annoyed with how one employee is acting. So she has Kiana, who is a manager. And she says Kiana called her, woke her up. So I'm guessing this is like at night, late at night. I don't know how late. I mean, I guess some frozen yogurt places are open until late. Like ice cream places are usually open late because they're dessert. Remember, like, how fair opened this Froyo place, like, truly after the Froyo place bubble had already popped. Although I still like Froyo. I like to get Froyo. There's a place kind of near me. Maybe I'll go to tonight after my meeting. I've been going to my AA meeting again. I know I talked on here about how I've, like, kind of walked away from AA, and I still have. But I've been going to my AA meeting just because it's, like, nice to pop in and everybody's really nice and... I like to see my friends and go out for dinner after. Um, I'm like not sponsoring. I'm not raising my hand to sponsor people. And I don't know if I'll ever be willing to sponsor people again. I'm not sure I'm into like working the program like that. But 
it's winter break and I've had time. So I've been like, eh, I'll just go to my meeting. Um, but oh, so I, there is, I really like Froyo still. Um, the trick to getting Froyo so it doesn't cost like $11 is you just get like half of what you think you want. And then a Froyo is only $4.50, which is usually what it costs for me to get. Anyway, once I got a Froyo and it was $12 and I was like, uh, <laughs> like, I was like, I get, like, I guess I'm buying this, but like, I did not mean to make a $12 frozen yogurt. But this employer employee calls her and is like, I want to clean the machines. But I like Farrah's like, no, I really don't think you should. You don't know how. I only showed you like one time and you didn't really know how to do it. And I just don't think you should. And she's like, well, I watched some videos and, like I know how to do it and they need to be clean. And so Farrah was like, fine, whatever. Kiana cleans the machines and isn't able to get like the front of the machines back on and is like blowing up Farrah's phone talking about it now. I will say I find fair pretty reasonable throughout this episode, but like I don't believe her, her point of view, like her, her side of the story necessary, necessarily. I'm like, so your employee calls you, asks you to do something that she doesn't know how to do. You say, and a cleaning thing, the employee, first of all, wants to clean. That's never happened in the history of time. <laughs> Second of all, like no employees ever called their boss and like, hey, boss, can I do some extra cleaning? <laughs> that just doesn't happen. Um, I have a feeling Farrah asked her to do it. The employee didn't know how to do it. Like, I don't know. I just don't believe Farrah is so innocent here. But I guess Farrah is really angry because she's not there and her phone is blowing up. The girl did something that Farrah asked her not to do and fucked it up, which is annoying. I get that. So Michael is like, okay, so you're just going to have to talk, you know, you're going to have to talk to her professionally and just like keep calm. And Fair says, oh, he says you need to stay on track. And Fair goes, I never get off track. I use very few words. (laughs) Oh, my God. She also says everything is figure outable. Um, so then the next day she's supposed to go into the store, but she's before she's there, Kiana calls her and Kiana's there early and calls for permission to like D to turn off the alarm. And Fair is like mad that Kiana's there early. And I'm like, isn't that good though? I guess so if you're paying them hourly, you don't want them there early. Kiana then also doesn't let the delivery drivers in and Farrah has to do that. So Farrah's there. She's so mad because Kiana was early and then she didn't let the delivery drivers in. And then Farrah's doing something. Kiana starts to help her. And Farrah's like, I'm going to do this because it doesn't make sense for us to do this at the same time. And here's the thing. Like a lot of what Farrah is saying is reasonable. She's just saying it in Farrah voice. So she sounds like a huge bitch. Like a huge. She just sounds so mean. Um, Kiana's cutting kiwis, I guess the fruit for the topping. And Farrah hands her like a slicer, like a fruit slicer. And she's like, here, use this. It makes it go a lot quicker. And Kiana doesn't use it. She just keeps slicing the kiwis. And Farrah comes back and she's like, the reason that I gave you this is because this is going to make this go faster. So why are you not using this? We open soon. Uh, The trash needs to go out like this needs to get done. This needs to get done. And so you need to be using the thing that makes this job faster so you can get to the rest of your jobs. True. 
right? True. But just like her tone is just so shitty. And she's like, and we need to have a talk because it is unprofessional that like something is between us and like we need to talk and we have not spoken yet. And like the longer we speak, the more unprofessional it is. Oh, goodness gracious. Poor Hannah is just like trying to like be a manager at a Froyo shop. (laughs) And so Farrah has her come outside to talk. And this is an iconic moment in T-Mom history because Farrah is wearing those glasses, the Froco glasses. (laughs) And they're talking and Farrah is like, you know, she's being pretty reasonable. She's like, I need you not to do this, this, and this. And she's not yelling. She's for Farah being pretty polite. I kind of think though that I'm, I had such low expectations for Farah and the way that she behaves that like watching her be kind of reasonable. I'm like, Farah was totally fine. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think I'm necessarily being fair to Kiana because I'm expecting Farrah to be like so out of her mind when she's speaking to her that her like speaking slight in a slightly rude voice. I'm like, she's actually great. Um, Kiana did not take this lightly. She was like, I have never been mistreated by anybody the way that I have been you. And this is why I'm kind of like, did Farrah meet her match in somebody or is fair on the phone with Kiana screaming when the camera isn't there. My thing is, like, I don't think Farah cares to taper it down on camera. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't think Farah's keeping calm for cameras. So I feel like if she was screaming at Kiana and, like, treating her terribly, like, it would have just been on camera. We would have seen it on camera. Um, Farah goes, I'm mistreating you. And Kiana's like, yeah, you really are. And like really starts to get snippy with Farah. So Farah fires her. And they're walking back into the store. A customer is there looking bewildered as the two of them are yelling at each other. <laughs> because um, Kiana's like, you can just like, Farah's like, okay, you need to go take your uniform off and leave. You'll get your pay, but we are severancing this relationship. We need to go ahead and severance this relationship is what she said a few times. So Kiana's like walking into the store and Farrah's following her and Kiana's like, you know what? You can just like grow up and be mature about this. And Farrah's like, I need to grow up. I need to be mature. And then they pan to like the one lonely customer sitting in this <laughs> frozen yogurt store. <laughs> that would be me. Like the, I would somehow get on like a reality TV show, although I don't usually eat in the frozen yogurt store. I like to eat in my car by myself. Um, but I, I just, it was so funny. I was like, I really think that's a real employee. Like she did not look like an MTV producer or not an employee, a real customer. And Kiana goes, yeah, you think you're mature. You're the 25 year old that owns a, that owns a frozen yogurt store. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> they walk into the back and Kiana's like, do you want me to like, just leave this uniform here? Or do you want me to like, take it home and wash it? And Ferris like, take it off. She's like, I, I can't take off the pants. Like, I don't have other pants on. <laughs> Farrah's like, fine, fine. Take the pants. You don't have other pants? Okay, fine. Take the pants. <laughs> and, of course, we get a scene of Farrah uh, talking with Sophia about this and, like, how she should fire people in the future. Because why wouldn't it be that? Why wouldn't it be that? All right, let's talk about Ambie. So, 
Ambi and Matt are hanging out and Matt gets a call from his dear, dear friend, Jeff. Jeff is like, did you see the new article online? I'm like, these people are weird. Did MTV tell Jeff to call? It's weird. And Matt's like, oh, no, I didn't. Oh, God, these articles, these articles, you know, these articles. So he pulls it up and basically... There's an article out saying that Amber had a miscarriage as a result of doing drugs. And Matt's like, oh, I'm going to have to be the one to tell her. So he goes inside where production is. Kiki's there and tells her. And Amber's like, what? She's like, first of all, I'm not on drugs. Second of all, I've been on the depot shot for a year. I didn't have a miscarriage. And like, I was like, that is wild. Like, I can't imagine what it would be like. To have people writing articles about me that are like, I so-and-so had a mis like Liz had a miscarriage when like I, I didn't like I straight up did not have that. I would be like, whoa, that's weird. Like I, I would imagine that's a very bizarre thing to have in your life. So they're talking about how, you know, this is such bullshit. All of these articles come out. All they want to do is like hurt Matt and Amber. And she's like, we should call Dr. Drew because Dr. Drew knows I'm not getting high. And I'm like, what? Dr. Drew has a very weird presence in Amber's life. A very weird presence. She's always like, let's call Dr. Drew and see. I'm like, why? Why would we do that? So they talk about the fact that like, you know, the articles are really hurtful. And Matt goes, look, you know, these articles, they don't really affect me much, but they really hurt her. And Amber's like, what the fuck are you talking about? They affect us both. Like, what do you mean they don't hurt you? Which I was totally on Amber's side here. I thought that was like a crazy thing to say. I would imagine especially like, I mean, Matt and Amber had so much bad press and there was so much bad press about Matt. Like, there's no way that they have not spent hours fighting about this, right? Like, there's there's just no way that they haven't. And so when Matt says that shit, I think Amber's like, what the fuck are you talking? Of course, of course they affect you. And so Amber goes, well, you know, the articles say like he did this, this and this to them, but like he doesn't do that to me. And like, I'm sorry if you let a man treat you that way, but he doesn't treat me that way. And they've panned to Kiki, the producer, and she visibly winces when Amber says this. Like, basically, Amber's like, I'm sorry that you let Matt beat you, but I don't let Matt beat me. Uh, Kiki is like, oh, like, truly her body winces. You can see it on camera. I rewound it because I just was like, that is so funny. Like, I can't, I can't even imagine what it's like to be there and listen to Amber be like, okay, well, like, Matt, yeah, sorry, like, those idiot girls let Matt beat their ass, but, like, I didn't let Matt beat my ass, like. You know, she like got home that day and was like, yo, Amber's wild. You will not believe what she said. Like you, I, it's very much like, oh my God, did she really just say that look? And Matt's like, well, wait, why did you just say it? Like that I really did it. And Amber's like, shut up. And suddenly Matt and Amber are fighting. And I'm like, God, they are so entertaining and unhealthy. <laughs> I love it. Um, So they decide that they're going to go to L.A. to go on Dr. Drew's show to defend themselves, which like, LOL. And they start talking about Matt's son and Matt's son, Christopher, who's 25 years old, who has Matt not seen Matt in 10 years. Christopher lives in South Dakota. And let me tell you, Christopher, he's pretty cute. Honestly, Chris is pretty cute. 
Um, he lives in South Dakota, and he had recently given article, like given an interview to somebody where he basically like talked mad shit on Matt and was like, he's a piece of shit. He's not in my life. He's a con man. Fuck him. And Matt and Amber are saying like, well, we were really confused because he says like he never talks to Chris, like he never talks to Matt, but like he and Matt had spoken that day that he gave the interview. Um, Basically, they're like, well, he's on drugs and he was high when he did it. And Matt says, I thought I think he thought he would get paid, but he didn't. And I was like, wow, that's really that's really low that he didn't get paid. <laughs> like, that really sucks that he didn't get paid. And like later we see Chris, he meets him in L.A. And Chris is like, no, I didn't get paid for that. I mean, I wish I got paid for that. And I'm like, so you just did it like it's so interesting. They're almost framing it as the fact that like he didn't get paid makes this less credible I like it's so weird they're trying to like defend Matt and like Chris is being like oh well like I I was just high but like I didn't get paid for that and like this whole thing would have made so much more sense if Chris was like well yeah I like I'm a drug addict I needed money a starcasm reached out to me and offered me 25 bucks or I don't know how much I paid 250 dollars if I would talk about my dad so I did like I wanted the money like that's why I did it like that would make so much like it'd be so easy to be like oh yeah like I just they said like we know Matt's an asshole will you give an interview for us if you talk shit about him and we'll pay you so I did like I just made up what I was saying but like him refute like basically being like Oh, well, you know, like I was on drugs, so like I said it, but like, no, I didn't get paid. It's like that makes this like everything you said seem more real. So like you just did it unprompted. <laughs> um, We got an incredible scene of Dr. Drew and Amber talking in the dressing room. And, you know, Amber really rode for Matt. She really rode for Matt because Dr. Drew's like, you ready? She's like, yeah, I don't even know what we're going to talk about. And Dr. Drew is like, well, like, I know you want to talk about, like, the tabloids. And Amber goes, well, we're really doing this for Matt. Like, I don't really, like, I don't really, I mean, obviously, I don't like that they say that I'm on drugs. And that's kind of, like, what pushed us over the edge. But, like, I really want Matt to be able to defend himself. And I'm like, yo, Matt had her twisted around his finger. I think if Matt still wanted to be with Amber, they would be together. Like, I think that Matt finally was, like, you know what? I think I've gotten everything out of this that I'm going to get money wise for now or I've gotten enough and like whatever else I'm going to get is not worth it. And I'm going to take $50,000 and head on off to Vegas, baby. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's so it's like a fever dream thinking about Matt. Like a true, true fever dream. Hasn't he had like two more kids since this? I so they go on the Dr. Drew show. Chris is there. They're talking about Chris. At one point, like, I guess it's like Dr. Drew's producer. He asks how many kids Matt has. And Matt's like, a lot. And the guy goes, how many? He goes, five. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't he telling Amber he had two when they first met? Didn't the Ashley find like nine kids? God, that's still like, that's just incredible. Um, Chris is there. They're talking about the fact that like he's getting high. He needs help. Um, they talk about why he did the interview, but nothing is very clear because once again, it doesn't make any fucking sense that he would do this if he wasn't getting paid. 
when Matt said, I think he thought he would get paid, that made a lot of sense. And if Chris had been like, well, to be honest, like I am a drug addict. I was really struggling at the time I needed money. And I thought I would get money if I kind of just gave them the bullshit story. And like, I really regret not giving or like giving the story and I didn't even get paid. But like, he doesn't say that. It's very weird and unclear. I love like, oh, oh, so Dr. Drew and Amber are talking in the the dressing room and she he goes I can tell right now if you're on drugs or not and he pulls out his cell phone and he turns on the flashlight and he holds it up to Amber's eye and he goes not on drugs <laughs> so stupid oh Dr. Drew is so fucking stupid and annoying and like I love that Amber's like Dr. Drew if I'm on drugs will call me out and I'm like will he though will he I just love that like Matt is such a fucking manipulator like what a genius he was like Amber we need to call Dr. Drew and get him on our his like get us on his television show like basically Matt wanted to go to LA to eat tacos and he like convinced Amber that they needed to go on the Dr. Drew show and there they were in LA on CNN (laughs) what a goddamn mess oh I love these mad episodes. I really do. Look at that. I really didn't have to talk about a second episode because I talked enough bullshit to last over an hour. And you guys know no episodes under an hour here on Feathers in My Hair. I was listening to Do You Know Mordecai, a podcast about this con man. And the episodes are like 21 minutes long. And I'm like, I, come on, just put this all together. I just find that so annoying. By the way, right now, just before we wrap up, in pop culture. I am obsessed with HBO Max's Station Eleven. I think it is the best television show that I've watched in years. It's so fucking good. If you like The Leftovers, you must watch Station Eleven. It's beautiful, perfect, iconic. It's a mini series, which actually I'm really upset about, even though I'm like kind of a big proponent of like we only need one season for a lot of stuff but this it built such an incredible world that we could get so many seasons out of it it's perfect oh I really suggest everybody watch station 11 I can't talk enough good things about it and I just feel like plugging it everywhere so watch station 11 um yeah subscribe to my patreon let's let's do this 2022 Let's all become patrons of podcasts that we've been meaning to become patrons of, but we just haven't yet for whatever reason. And yours should be Liz Explains It All. (laughs) Anyway, everyone, I hope you have a good week. I guess next week I'm going to cover the first episode of Teen Mom Family Reunion. We'll see how I feel about it. I mean... (laughs) I like I'll cover the first episode to cover the first episode but beyond that I make no promises but I hope we all have a lovely week and I will talk to you again soon bye this podcast is brought to you by solid listen network find me on instagram at feathers underscore pod